0: Hello, and welcome to the Let's Talk Transformation podcast. Today, we will be discussing scalable impact and innovation, so very big things. I am pleased to welcome Chris Stegner, CEO and co-founder of the company Very Big Things. Chris, welcome to the
1: show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Likewise, it's a pleasure. So, Chris, you're the CEO and co founder of the company Very Big Things, which is a technology innovation and excellence company. And you help companies fulfill their potential and remain relevant by sort of digitally elevating their brand experiences and their opportunities. And I know you co founded it in 2018 uh, in Florida, and then you expanded to um, Zagreb, Croatia. And today you've got over 60 people working globally. And you've also won various awards, the Webby Award for Top. Technical Achievement, DigiDays Innovation of the Year, UX Design Awards, Products of the Year, Fast Company's Innovation, and <laughs> other 100 plus industry awards. So All the good ones. Yep. <laughs> all the good ones, all the ones you have to have. So with such a track record, I'm really intrigued as to the first seeds of this idea of very big things. And on your website, I love the Stephen Hawkins line that comes up first of, We are very, very small, but we are profoundly capable of very big things. And so I have to start there. (laughs) That really caught my attention and I wholly agree with it. So can you tell us more about what that means to you and what inspired you to set up very big things?
1: Yeah. So two totally different questions there and I'll hit them in that order. One is a fun fun little tidbit. If you look at our little show... (laughs) Our our logo it's it's very big things it's all lowercase with a period at the end yes and it's, because it's actually the end of that quote
0: oh no way I, yeah okay
1: yeah so fun <laughs> little tidbit for those those that that want to pay extra attention what that means to me I mean it's it, it just it wrapped up. Everything that we were looking for, which at the time we started five years ago, we had these massive ambitions, but there was myself and six other partners. So Mm -hmm. we we were very small at the time, but it was this idea. And and when Stephen Hawkins talks about it, he's talking about. Earth, all of humanity yeah, we are a very scope. Small. <laughs> yeah well, right so yeah. We we're very small as all of humanity right and and i like that as well because it it meant that there was no limit on where we could mm. grow to mm. and still see ourselves as being very small you yeah. know but what a profound impact we could have because even if you were a forty thousand person company you at that point you can choose to have no impact or massive Absolutely. impact. And, and the, the 40,000 people might not be enough to have massive impact if you're not really driven in that direction, right? So, yeah, yeah. And then the last little note on that was, you know, the, the idea of just naming ourselves very big things. We decided it would be a great fire to keep lit underneath us at, at all times to, to mm. really be exceptional because that's that's why we started the company. I'll, I'll touch on it in a second, but it was with Sky High Ambitions to be the best in the world at what we do. And you can't name yourself very big things and do mediocre work. <laughs> yes, you <know? laughs> that's your north star, then very big
0: things. Exactly,
1: yeah, you're right. That, you're right, though. It um, needs to be relevant. Yeah. So, quick version of why we started it. I, I had been uh, got a, a, a long career of doing uh, building companies and being executive at companies, and then uh, eventually was at a, a partner at a VC fund where basically we had investing companies. It was my job to jump in and help those companies to figure out. Product market fit, how to scale, what their user experience should look like, mm-hmm. uh, product led growth, and you know, product led company, and all these fun things, and how to succeed. And the roadblock I kept running into was on the execution side. We could help them figure out the strategy. We could test test the different markets. Mm. We could figure out what was connecting with people. But then, when it was time to actually go and build, it took them way too long to build teams, which I think is very relevant to to yeah. you. Yeah, um, absolutely building good teams that work well together quickly be difficult people are relying on the resumes people don't get along with each other there's things on the surface that they hadn't detected and all this fun stuff and meanwhile we're like you need to get to building like we gave you millions of dollars yeah so uh, eventually we switched to telling them hey work with an agency they already have the teams they built the culture etc cetera. But the problem we found is pretty much every agency that's building technology for companies was born out of marketing and creative companies and advertising agencies Mm. that they started saying, our clients need tech too. And they approached in the same way. And myself having at that point done tech for 25, 30 years, Mm. I'm like, no, it's not the same thing at all. No, (laughs) no, 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 it's not. Uh, Yeah, this isn't buying a shirt and people go, here's a cool design and I'll give you a shirt. No, this is, you know, coming up, aligning on a proof of concept and then an MVP and then, you know, minimum viable product. And then from there, iterating, iterating, measuring, iterating, measuring, iterating. Mm -hmm. And agencies just didn't get that. So as any person with the entrepreneurial gene in their body, you're always looking for that moment where you go, Hey, here's a problem that I don't yeah. see somebody solving. Solving. <laughs> yeah. I can solve, yeah. solve this and I could have a lot of fun doing mm. it. Um, and in
0: part, it's a messy human problem, isn't it? Because if I take minimum viable products, if I look at what the minimal viable environment might look like, you know, you, you can only apply a certain amount of left brain thinking to that, can't you? Before you get into the messy things of exactly what you're talking about. How do we work together? How do we communicate? How do we collaborate? So, yeah, I mean. Yeah it's two sides of the same coin but one goes a lot quicker than the other
1: <laughs> you nailed it you nailed it but yeah so that's that it, it was born out of that like how do we build that team that can jump in to help people that have a vision and help them turn that vision mm. and help them steer it as well mm. and and be that stopgap in a way to like mm. hey let's get you going and really be a collaborative integrated mm. part of your team mm. so that's to your point it's it's a huge part of what we foster is how are we going to integrate in with the 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 client's existing team? Hmm. You know, so that's
0: quite difficult, isn't it? When I mean, it's such a competitive market. So yeah. I mean, what's your secret source, Chris? For you know, from your years of experience of putting these two together of a highly competitive market and having to create those conditions of trust and partnership at the same time, because that's what I was hearing is, is part of the secret source.
1: Yeah you probably know the science of this drastically better than <laughs> i do i feel like i've uh, stepped on enough landmines and and and, <laughs> and and found enough lucky lottery tickets throughout the years that i'm like okay if i do these things it seems like i find it more lottery yeah tickets. Okay. Than. <laughs> <laughs> so i'd actually be interested in kind of some of your take on it what i've found to be the best in my experience is having a a, a a vision having some sort of purpose that really resonates to you personally. Mm. Uh, mm. Not a made-up one, not a fake one. Not yeah. a, yeah. hey, I read Simon Sinek's Why. You know, <laughs> and here's why, my why. And I, <laughs> and I dreamt up a why. Yeah, it it, it has to be something that mm. that penetrates you to your soul of like, what it is you're doing this for. In my experience, money can't really be the igniter for that. You know, and just just making uh, as much money as possible, it can be a great byproduct. But when I'm yeah. trying to build teams and I'm trying yeah. to build, you know, with the best talent out there, having that that true belief that I can, here you know, I'll, I'll take a slight tangent. And I'll say I'm susceptible like every other human being. You have material yeah. stuff yeah. thrown yeah, in yeah. front of you yeah. constantly, and I follow myself going. Oh, cool. If we just do this, then I can you know, get this jet and that'd be really cool because my friend has a jet. And then, but I think when you have that purpose built into your mm. soul, every mm. couple of months, you can slap yourself and be like, wait a second. No. Okay. This is, mm. this is what we're going for. Communicating that then making sure that the, every person you're interviewing, every person you're talking with, the brand that you put out there that people are seeing resonates with some sort of thing that's important to you and if it's Mm. important to you it's important to somebody else and then they they tend to find their way to you and then they tend to stay with you and then they tend to tell their friends and yeah i think it's the same thing as you know one of the big things that we work with our partners on is the idea of product-led transformation of their company and product-led growth which means rather than saying a bunch of lip service to things actually you know build the products yourself that say mm. when somebody touches it and they feel it it says oh this is this is quality this is great or this feels this way i think it's the same thing when you're building your company it, you know it actually has to truly be what you're saying <laughs> yeah. and then and then you don't have to say it right mm. is that mm. coherent at all
0: yeah it's completely coherent and i'm just thinking yeah. of how hard it is to constantly check in with yourself as a business owner around is this in line with My bigger purpose, because you do get caught up in in the everyday stuff. And I'm just thinking if you scale to 60 people, has that diluted that in any way, Chris? Or has it made you even more vigilant around this is our North Star?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll only speak about my experience. Yeah. But I'd say it continues to be a cycle. I wish Hmm. I could say I was always perfect. I wish I could always. Humans aren't. (laughs) Yeah. But it's it's a consistent cycle where mm. I'd say you know probably to your point every three months or so I have that check in with myself mm. and I go okay no we need the nudge this way I'm mm. kind of too far this way where this way is like what it is we set out to do what our true mission is what the why is behind the people that are with the team yeah. and then on this side is like hey we have to operate a business you know and it, you know it needs to be profitable it needs to make sense and I'm never saying. Those two things I've found in my life tend to work together when you focus on the one. So, yes, exactly. I'm focused on our mission. I'm focused on our why. I'm focused on what it is we're doing. This seems to always work out. People will stay with you longer, which means you're you know it costs a lot to replace people. Yeah, And in our case, our clients stay with us longer, costs lots to replace clients. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you
0: know? yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Um, but it's a it's, different
0: relationship you're building, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. sort of a, a deeper client relationship built on experience almost and, and shared values.
1: Yep. An easy barometer I have is anytime uh, our team starts saying, hey, we should invest money in marketing. I'm like, hmm, we're doing something at our core wrong. Let's let's get back to who oh, we Oh,
0: interesting. Tell me a bit more about that. Why do you why do you say that to yourself?
1: Because I think marketing, especially sustained marketing, I yeah. should say, it's one yeah. thing just to say, hey, we're here, right? And this is um, our product. <laughs> exactly. Like, just so you know, we exist in the world. At that point, if you're doing something valuable, I think the rest should kind of take care of itself. If you find that, it no, like we have to just keep marketing and marketing and marketing and marketing and marketing. For positions inside of the company, for clients, for all of that stuff. Mm. If you find yourself out in the market, 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 then, then I think it's a good time to say, is what we're doing actually creating value, and enough value. Yeah. So, Would you go back to your sort of user tests, so to speak, for all those
0: different things and check your hypotheses on: Are we adding value? Are we talking to the right people? Are we talking to them in the right way? Are we attractive enough?
1: Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. I, I mm. think that's a, a great way to make sure you're connecting. And and whether, to your point, you know, we're often helping, well, we help our clients on both the external facing and the internal facing. And when, it, with both of those instances, I think it's important to do exactly what you just mentioned. You know, if you're, if you're talking externally, yeah. then you, you put your messages out there, you see what's connecting, what's mm. not connecting, you, you, mm. you, nudge nudge iterate iterate and it's not just what's connecting but also what's working what people mm. actually what's making their lives better right mm. and then internally it's the exact same thing yeah. it's well oh, we have to talk with our people we got to see what's working yeah. what's not working where they feel like mm. uh, we're failing and where we're succeeding yeah so i think often when you
0: when one talks about the product world and the startup world and the, t- the tech world the digital platform world let's put it that way often we don't talk about the human experience. Now, I've heard it right from the beginning of this this discussion, and I know from our discussion before that that's really important to you. Can you tell us why the human experience is so important in building and elevating digital brands? Because it's quite rare to see them together explicitly. I mean, clearly that's your question. That's a question we share, which is also why we're having this discussion. But I'd be really interested on your take on why it's so important, what it brings to the external and internal market that you've just, because you're in a massively competitive market, aren't you? So differentiating factors are really important.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it's funny because to your point, yeah, there's probably 50,000 agencies, but the way (laughs) I see it, there's only like 10 that we're competing (laughs) with. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But no, it's a great question, right? It might be few, but I think if you look at the the companies that are having huge success, mm. they're the few. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. So um, is that part of your criteria then for, for choosing partners and, and clients? Is that part of what holds you together?
1: I, I think it's part of what draws people to us. Right. So I think there's yeah. something that organically happens there. It's not very common that somebody come to us and say, hey. We're just looking to make more money and we're just trying to yeah. to you know, fool everybody into giving it to us until yeah. they realize, and we just need to do it as cheap as humanly possible. When our clients are coming to us, they're saying, hey, we want to be something special that yeah. matters in a sea of competitors. We want to stand out. I guess it's the difference of ambitious leaders with a long-term vision versus short-term vision leaders.
0: It's it's okay. also around the social impact, isn't it? I mean, I know you also have um a part of your purpose which is around social impact. And it reminds me of the project that you did, I think it's one of your very first projects for the Dan Marino Foundation around that platform. I would love it if you could explain that project journey a little bit and explain what what it does and why there was so much social impact in there.
1: For sure. And and I'd say To your earlier point, no matter the demographic, it's always about humans,
0: right? It's always
1: about making sure your product fulfills the need of humans. And then let me flip flip that really fast too and just point out the fact, once again, I'm obviously not against companies making huge profits and Mm. huge revenues. I just think that the road to get there is on an ambitious, you know, long-term strategy. I think the more that companies dive in to who the human beings are and they start making products that really service them yeah. and those those human beings start yeah. to tell their friends about it they yeah. use it longer they it inspires people to want to work there it yeah. inspires people want to buy their stock you know what yeah. i mean like all these huge benefits i think there's no faster route to, yeah. to getting there than just doing quality stuff and it reminds me of two things i mean it reminds me of like seo back in the day people yeah. just do <laughs> crap stuff and then <laughs> it didn't work long-term, you know, and, and yeah. all the search engines said, hey, if you just create quality content, yeah. we'll feature you. And people are like, no, I'm going to hack this. I'm going to hack it. I'm going to hack it. They put so much energy towards trying to hack it and it never worked out. Or yeah. if they just created some content of value, they would have skyrocketed, you know, and it's, you need that long-term vision. And I'd even say, and, and don't worry, I'm going to answer your question. But when we started very big things, I said to myself, how are we going to make this really successful? How are we going to grow fast? How are we going to do this, et cetera? I was like, there's no catchy phrase that we can say to everybody. It'll make them go, oh, okay, cool. We have to work with these guys because every catchy phrase has already been said by a whole bunch of media or worse agencies, (laughs) right? (laughs) So we're like, how are we going to really grow this? How are we going to grow it fast and and become a successful company through revenue, profit, all these mm. things? Well, at the end of the day, we came back with three things that we're just going to focus on entirely, which was happy team, happy clients, and exceptional work. And as long as we do those three things, everything else will take care of itself. And it, And it has. I mean, we've... We've grown drastically faster than all of our competitors. The companies we're working with, we should never be able to work with. As a company that's you know been in business five years with, you know sixty to seventy employees, yeah. we're, we're working with some of the biggest companies in the world, helping them figure out even like help two Fortune five hundred companies in the last two weeks figure out their generative AI strategy for the future. You know, wow. Like, okay. We're we're yeah. stealing that from your Accenture's and McKinseys and so yeah. forth because trust that we can do a better job of it. Well, it's it's a different
0: approach though, isn't it, Chris? I mean, you're also bringing a co-creation approach of, you know, not telling them what to do, but listening, listening to their need. Then looking at what you can do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so I, I don't mean to dismiss the fact of like, Hey, successful business. Like I just think this route to successful business is actually providing value is all and every single business has massive opportunities to provide value. And sometimes they're just sitting right underneath the surface. So, And that starts with connecting with the human being. So on Dan Marino foundation, you know, this is, this is a foundation built on helping those with developmental disabilities to really like move on to having a real life so this is like kids that you know with with autism in high school that are now like hey and i want to i want to go and i want to like move out of my parents house and i want to have a life of my own you how know? fabulous is that
0: i mean wow that must be so yeah. rewarding though chris to sit there and think i was a part of leveraging that autonomy so definitely
1: and there's two sides of it there's the direct short-term impact right which was amazing. So we worked directly with all the students. We we're showing them Pretty different interface, and and there were so many things that like we we're like, oh, this will look really cool, and everybody will love this. And then you show them, they're like, no, that's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we we hate stuff like this. You know, um, it's confusing and this that etc. But we ended up building a product for them that they loved using. They used it all the time. Uh, enjoyed the process of using it. Mm. But what the product was doing is you know those with uh, you know these developmental disabilities they're they're totally they they can be exceptional at doing work way better than i could be <laughs> at doing most jobs the hardest part is the job interview yeah. because the job yeah. interview it's a pure communication thing and that's where yeah. where they struggle so we built a simulator that could be used Anywhere, so people could be, use it from their cell phones, That's or brilliant. from their TVs, or from a VR headset that will put them into an interview scenario. And they, you could be like a hard interviewer, a nice interviewer, and they could just practice all the time going through that. Then they'd toss in little cues too, like things that could uh, trip them up in a way, like like mm. somebody sneezes in the middle of them talking, you yeah. know, or somebody gets up and. walks out of the room or somebody else walks into the room all these different scenarios so they could experience it so when they actually went to have the job interview they succeeded and the best part is we'd hear from the people that are going through this helping us test the product as we were building it they're like hey i went to a job interview and after using this like i nailed it you know and i got the job and that's that's awesome that's awesome and it's also
0: awesome if i flip that and give it to people who interview because You know, I think the whole bias in in the recruitment processes and the interviewing processes, you know, there isn't a one size fits all. This is how you should interact socially, although we have socialized norms. So I love the idea when I when I was reading about that foundation project, I was thinking, how cool would it be if we flip that and actually use it to educate people who are not neurodiverse around? This is a different interaction socially, and this is what it could look like.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. But then, yeah, so, I mean, that was the, the short-term wins on that. But on the large-term win, on every project we work on, we try to somehow evolve the entire world. Like, we did mm. one piece of this project better than it had ever been done before, and we try to educate really? the community so they can copy yeah. it. Yeah. And then I mean, once everybody's copying something we've done, then, then it, you it, get it, iteration on it. The whole it. world, right? And in this case, when we were doing the project, there was almost no guidelines period about how to build interfaces for um, those with autism and different developmental disabilities Brilliant. and so from this we were able to share all these learnings we had so now hopefully every other product moving forward by companies not built by us but by the rest of the world now we're doing a better job of that. so now not only did we help people with these disabilities to get jobs, but we also okay. help hopefully every digital experience they encounter which is, a huge part of every human's life right now, to, yeah. to be better. So, pretty yeah. cool stuff.
0: Yeah, and just creating a different experience and allowing people to experience different experiences because we we get used to the way we experience things, don't we? That's a whole thing around bias and, and <laughs> oh, unconscious yeah. bias and even conscious bias. You know, it's there, but you don't do anything about it. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> really, really interesting. Can I just come back to tech though? Because Please. Y- you spoke about Chat GPT, and you know. We can't talk about the competitive tech industry without talking about uh, chat GPT and what you think the impact on what, you know, on the tech world is going to be. And like the, the, I know you, I read some articles that you wrote about the true power of generative AI. And I think that is the question today, isn't it? Around how we're equipping uh, platforms, organizations, and people in society in general around chat GPT. Which is easy to use, but could be quite far reaching in terms of consequence,
1: yeah, yeah. where to start, right? Well, uh.
0: <laughs> I, I like I liked your take on it in the article I read that um it was around the apis, the true power of generative AI,
1: yeah. so so that is, I mean, when I'm thinking of it, like you said, i I, I definitely have two hats, you know, mm. I, I have the Kind of rebellious artist that that (laughs) loves like creating something that breaks boundaries and Mm. and it's truly amazing. And then I've got my like true like business hat, Mm. right? And when I'm thinking, I mean, honestly, affecting both of those, generative AI is undeniably going to have a massive impact. And now, what the ripples and ripples and ripples and ripples of that will be—that's very hard to determine. Mm. In the short term, though. To your point of kind of looking at it from an API layer, mm-hmm. uh, there's a phrase where we're kind of coining internally, which is called past the prompt, right? So right now you see companies are like, cool, I paid $20 a month so I could get the GPT 4.0. And that's like being ambitious. A lot of people are like, no, 3.5 is free. So we'll just keep doing okay. that. Even though those that aren't totally familiar right now, there's a pretty huge leap between chat gbt 3.5 and 4.0. I'd say there's a uh, massive uh, leap in capability. So you can pay twenty dollars a month and you get access to this chat prompt, and you can buy uh, you know a license for every person in your company, and now they can start typing yeah. stuff into it, and it can help you with tons of stuff. Right? Mm. Like write this email for me. Yeah. Here's the previous emails, and make this one basically say no, we won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and put together a <laughs> beautiful email for you or put together some marketing campaign ideas or whatever, which is definitely helpful, right? And and it can make your current team add additional value and, and make them more efficient. But once you start tapping into ChatGPT and other generative AI services like it, because there's a lot of competitors coming to the market, they're APIs. So the APIs, instead of you having a human being type on the prompt, yeah. instead... You're actually having your systems, your your internal technology you've built, talking directly with the AI instead of your employees talking with it. So now all of a sudden, so many things become possible. Yeah. I mean, but that is where you start harnessing the true power. This, this kind of like past the prompt mentality of like, hey, let's take this and start infusing it into our machine to where you can have requests coming into your company. And it just gets handled. And maybe there's like an approve button. Somebody just clicks versus them having to like still do 28 steps to to now use GPT. And in a way, using GPT is adding a step right now if you're using it based on the prompt. Mm -hmm. You start moving towards building it into your system. You know, actually like having somebody custom implement it Mm -hmm. into your system. So it's speaking directly with AI. Mm -hmm. Now it's removing 20 steps. And make everything more powerful. I mean, the value you provide to your end users in pretty much any industry will be greater, and the uh, the efficiency of it drastically uh, better as well. So, hmm.
0: you know, is that something that well, clearly it challenges? It brings with it challenges and and opportunities. So we've sort of looked at the opportunities. What's because I was going to ask you, you know, what what did you think the impact of COVID was on your market? Because clearly, technology, everybody got a lot more tech savvy because we had to. <laughs> So I've heard the opportunities of ChatGPT. What do you think the challenges are in terms of integrating it into, I'm going to use these words of it, but like a standard package for businesses to use for their digital branding?
1: Yeah. So I'd say some of the challenges, one is going to be, from a human standpoint, making Mm. sure your team knows what your plan is and how it's Mm. going to affect them. I think communicating that one, even for us has been a big thing, you know, just making sure the team knows like, Hey, this is how we're looking at how AI is going to affect us as a company and what our strategy around it's going to be. And here's where the opportunities are going to be. And here's, you know, how things will evolve over years as far as Mm -hmm. predicted, just so, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of panic right now from a lot of people. And most of it, I think is, uh, unfounded, you know, some of it's founded, but a lot of it's unfounded. So I think that's one challenge that we just need to be aware of is like, Hey, our teams are thinking about this. Mm. So, you know, mm. uh, let's make sure they're aware. The other thing I'd say is, yeah, especially you mentioned, you know, branding and so forth. I, I would not fully trust my branding around mm. it. I think it's great for, I think it's really great for inspiration. Yeah. It can be really great for helping you to refine out ideas, but on the branding front, relying on it too much, you know, and, and let me try to, to decipher for everybody where that. Where maybe a line to put on that is.
0: Yeah, that would be very helpful.
1: Right. Yeah. Cause there's, I would say, things like your main headlines, you know, like your, this is who we are as a company, your sub headlines, these are the things we do. This is what's important to us. Those main things that are like, this is who we are. Mm. You you should be the ones crafting that, you know, Um, or working with the team to craft that. So it's, it's, yes, comes from your creative space. Exactly. Yeah, Anything yeah. where also, it's like a couple hundred characters, you know, or sorry, a couple hundred words or something, mm. feel free. That That's a great spot to start using, yeah. you know? So if, if it's like a very impactful statement or two, that's, you know, going to be, you know, sub hundred words, put in the effort on it. If it's something where it's like, cool, we need a huge blog post, you know, on this topic. Yeah. And here's our feelings on it. It's like, sure. You know, let it, let it handle that. Or, Writing emails or handling customer service questions or answering human resources. So we've we've helped, you know, one of the Fortune 500 companies we helped with on the internal side of how they'd be impl- applying AI was actually a lot around HR. You know, yeah. it's mm. you know, a lot of people have questions. A lot of people are wondering, what is their career path look like? You know, what job opportunities are available for them? All these different things that AI can start to solve to make their lives being at your company drastically better at the same time as making the h r mm. teams lives drastically better,
0: yeah, because they will have more time for the human experience as opposed to all the process stuff they do
1: exactly, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, like tickets and tickets and tickets and tickets, and yeah, you yeah. Know, and instead, it's like and being able to be offer a lot more value, you know mm. Uh, mm. you know they they check a box saying that somebody is pregnant now. And now all of a sudden the AI can really step in to say, hey, let's start talking through what, you know, uh, what different things are available to you and what different services and so forth and start filling you in on all these informations and let me answer questions for you. And hey, if you were wondering what this is going to look like, you know, a year after Mm -hmm. the pregnancy, you know, et cetera, like having that, it's hard for one HR person who is handling 70 to 200 people to be able to give that level of attention. Mm. all of a sudden it turns people into like super humans is is what we're finding so
0: and how do you think it will affect the talent market for you well not for you personally but for for you in in terms of what your company do because it's already competitive do you think that's going to have an impact on that
1: or not i mean to give you an idea so i i don't think we're actually i mean i know we're not going to be like replacing any employees mm. you know um, what i like is the fact that we're going to be able to do a whole lot more with the team we have yeah. and that's really exciting and we're going to be able to do better work we're already are building our own tools internally we're, we're adapting to use some of the tools that have already been built that we okay. to think we're really adding about 20 percent efficiency across the board which as you can imagine our clients love because it means everything really yeah. costs less And and we actually love when we're able to give more value for Mm. less money because it makes our Mm. clients love us more and go to our earlier conversation. But we're also on that API level that I was discussing earlier. Mm. uh, We're building a number of our other uh, tools that are just going to start making things drastically easier, uh, alleviating all the tasks nobody wants to do. Mm. Mm. I think that's a very important piece, and that's what our team feels once we've explained to them. Like we're removing the stuff you don't like doing yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. also nobody has like a great assistant that handles all the 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 crap that they don't mm. want to do but that stuff takes tons of time mm. you know yeah. that's why nobody wants to do it you know the mm. stuff that's just like okay this is yeah. pretty monotonous but i have to do it and yeah. it's going to take a lot of time i'd rather spend my time mm. thinking and and uh
0: yeah you get stuck in busyness, don't you, as opposed to getting stuck in fullness, you know, that that sort yeah. of space where you can create and uh, what I call my happy place where, where you feel like you're adding value, but it doesn't feel like a hamster wheel, which brings me to one of my final, almost final questions because time is running. But, you know, what you do is quite high in energy. It's a competitive market. It moves very quickly. It means navigating complexity. It means, you know, using a growth mindset most of the time. How do you personally, as the co-founder of Very Big Things, make sure that your energy levels are full enough and that your resilience is there to be able to carry on doing very big things all the time? I know you do lots of things outside of work. I think it's really (laughs) interesting to touch that point because particularly for our listeners who may be sitting there thinking, I don't have time to do anything apart from work. And I think that could be everybody's situation if that's what I told myself.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point, I do quite a bit outside of work. Number one being I've got three kids, you know. Yeah. And that's
0: the hardest job in the world, I must admit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's extremely important to yeah. me to uh, to look back on my time mm. with him and say, I was a good dad. Yeah. And it's also extremely important to myself to look back on my life and say, I lived a good life, yeah. you know. But at the same time, I'm very extremely ambitious. <laughs> you know. I don't think there's any other digital products agency and digital transformation agency that has accomplished as much as we have in the time span that we've accomplished mm. it. Mm. So obviously I'm very driven yeah. and we're successful in what we're doing, but there's a couple of things I've personally found. Number one, I've realized when in the times that I felt burnt out, I got really introspective. As to like why I was feeling mm-hmm. burnt out, and this is something that I've shared with other entrepreneurs and leaders and so forth and and just different people that are kind of doing a lot of high stress stuff that's resonated with them, and since then they've come back and said, "Oh, I paid attention to that, and now mm-hmm. I figured it out because what I found out is I was never burnt out from doing work, oh, yeah, never like, oh, I did too many hours or this or that, or you know my personal uh what caused me to feel burnt out was when I felt like. Uh, I was out of control when things were happening that I didn't have a handle on. And I wasn't, I just wasn't aware of things that were happening. And it started to feel like the train could be going off the track. It could not be going. I just didn't know. That's not going to be everybody else's, but I think it's important to understand what your, what your trigger is, Yeah, your trigger is, because then all of a sudden you can start saying, oh, okay, I'm feeling burnt out. Oh, let me just peek around and just see what's going on or whatever uh, your your solution is. And then focus. Focus mm. is a huge one for me. I think that's my probably superpower. And the one that I, I use with our team the most is mm. at all times, I really make sure that I'm focused on no more than three things. I kind of give myself three big things per year, three things per quarter, even the company, you know, happy clients, happy team, exceptional yeah, yeah. work. It's it's all much easier when you when you find three things that you're just going to focus on. So that's every quarter I go to our leaders and I go, "Cool, here's our three things as a company." Now, mm-hmm. your three things that fit inside of those three, you know, with yeah. those priorities, yeah. what three things are you going to do that are going to and that just seems to make everybody like, "Okay, I'm not trying to boil the ocean anymore." No. Uh, it's able to actually see impact and mm-hmm. and people are able to see impact. Uh, in my experience, They're able to go home feeling great and they're able to be excited. And not only that, but impact is what Mm. moves companies forward. You know, if you're trying to boil the ocean and you're not moving forward, Mm. just burning a lot of people out. And then if you got time, I'll share one last little thing. Go on, please do. I noticed that I I wanted to take a Wednesday off for myself, you know, time just for Chris that I was just going to. Kind of do whatever I wanted. It wasn't family time. It wasn't work time. It was just for me. Mm. And I said, okay, well, if I'm going to take this Wednesday off, then I really got to work my butt off on Monday and Tuesday to to earn it, right? I got more done in that Monday and Tuesday than I probably got done in like two weeks because wow. I was just yeah. focused with the mindset that I was going to be taking a break, right? So now I've made that a consistent thing, and I've shared that with uh, a lot of other entrepreneurs, of really big, very successful, company, mm. you know. 80,000 person companies, you know, et cetera. And now they're coming back saying, I'm taking Wednesdays off. My life has never been better. I I get more work done every week than I did before. And I have that time to where I still always just feel like I have a chance to to look on what it is that we're actually doing, make sure we're going the right direction, both professionally and in my personal life. Mm. And and it just adds a lot of clarity. And then you Mm. come back Thursday, Friday, and you crush it again. Yeah. And his family and four hundred other things. You know? <laughs> yeah. And and, uh, and then Monday and Tuesday, you come and crush it again. So
0: it's self connection, though, isn't it? You know, taking the time to come back inside, I call it, and just do something that uses a different part of your brain. You know, like I don't know, painting. I know you paint, and yeah, yeah. and rock climbing and things like that, or hiking, or if I take me, you know, playing in an orchestra, hiking, or things like that. But I think it brings you a very different perspective, and therefore a different part of you know your your intuition has time to actually think and speak and you have time to sort of step back and you know my last question was going to be what would your call to action be or your advice be to any of our listeners who are sitting there thinking okay i want to look at either scaling what i do mm-hmm. or trying to create a bigger network or community of partnerships to help me do what i do now that can be inside an organization or as an entrepreneur um, building out your network, what would your sort of advice be there, Chris?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of something that doesn't just sound like I'm just trying to sound smart or fluffy, <laughs> but that actually have like a real impact with people. I mean, overall advice, I would say three things that pop to mind. One, like one of the hardest things I think, is uh, stop and just listen to people and and don't talk. just listen and then take what they they say to heart and look at ways to implement it you know i've started with every entrepreneur or leader or advisor i really just say hey give me all of your thoughts Mm. and nothing is more valuable i think than after you've taken those thoughts actually acting on it and then going back to the person and saying hey just so you know we talked about this i want you to see i did this Mm. Mm. and then you start having Higher and higher level people continue to give you advice, which is extremely powerful. I've got some of the greatest advisors in the world that I should not have by any stretch of the imagination. And it's purely, I feel, because I actually listen to them and then I show them that like their time was not wasted in giving it to me. So I think there's a, a, a huge piece there. Another piece I would say is to not procrastinate.
0: Yeah, easier right? said than done, I think.
1: Yep. And and this is something I've I've mentioned in one or two other places too. But I, I watch this TED talk on uh procrastination. And the guy is basically at the at the end of the TED talk, he says, you know, I, I made this TED talk a day before. I've always been successful. Like at the end of the day, I, if something happens, I start panicking, and then I just get it done and it always works, you know. And I'm like, I can relate, you know. Yeah. you know, I've always I'm pulled sh-
0: it off. I'm sure 90% of the population can relate to that. <laughs> exactly, <goodness> right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, And he goes in the very last sentence, he goes, what about all the things in life that don't have deadlines? And it would just hit me like a ton of bricks Mm -hmm. because he goes, what about that relationship that you've been in for the last five years that, you know, isn't the right one, but there's never going to be a deadline. What about that time to spend with your kids? You know, but there's never going to be a deadline. What about leaving that job or taking that job or making that jump or making that, you know, those things don't have deadlines. So all of a sudden, If you're in that procrastination mindset, which I'm an avid procrastinator, you know, so I take this, you know, to heart and and I've overcome it with all those things without deadlines, you're just never going to move forward on. those are all your dreams, your hopes, your ambitions, you know, Um, those Mm. are the things that are most important, right? Mm. So I would say, you know, whether you're looking at doing something special with your company, you're saying, "Hey, yeah, I, I'm I'm going to make the leap to actually like providing true value, or I'm going to take this generative AI and really like do mm. something with it, or whatever it is. None of those things will have deadlines, so like, do them, <laughs> yeah. Do, do them. <laughs> yeah, 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 because otherwise you you'll really regret it. Yeah, there was a third one I forgot it, but there's there's two. Okay, thank hopefully you. Hopefully helpful, you know.
0: They are very helpful. I'm going to leave our listeners with those two, but you there are several nuggets of learning." that throughout the whole podcast. Yeah, so hopefully. so thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris, thank you for coming and sharing your experience and your thoughts and the very big things that you do. Where can people find out more about you and what you do?
1: Oh yeah. So I mean uh verybigthings.com is is uh, the website I'd also totally invite anybody to just connect with me on LinkedIn. So it's okay. Chris Stegner. Um you can find me CEO of Very Big Things. If you mention, there's lots of spam on, on, on LinkedIn. But if you say, "Hey, I saw you on this podcast, okay. and I just want to talk or whatever," I love talking with people. So I love helping, etc. So I'll never feel like you'll, you're 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 bugging me. So yeah, and then we have an Instagram. People can follow us and all that fun stuff too. So very big. Okay, things. excellent. All right, then. Well, I'll, and I'll put all those in the show notes so that people get can get hold of you quickly. Perfect.
0: Thank you so much for
1: having me. Thanks, Chris.
0: Yes, well, thank thank you for coming on the show and thanks for a
1: great conversation. Awesome. Have a great one.
0: Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode and the insights and learning it gave you. And it's bye from me for now and see you soon for the next episode of Let's Talk Transformation.